This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Rams Talk Podcast. We're here. It's our first episode since Christmas. We weren't going to do one before the new year, but last night was just so good. We couldn't miss out on it. Um, so, yeah. Hello to everyone. Hope you had a, a brilliant, brilliant Christmas. Hope you're looking forward to the new year. And hello to Kane Wilson and his dad, who for some reason listened to us uh, quite a lot, apparently, uh, which was very lovely to hear. So join us today to talk about Derby's incredible, incredible 3-2 win at Oxford. Possibly the best game we've been to in a long, long time. We first got Jamie Page. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I still can't believe we did it, in all honesty. I thought it was it was destined to end 2-2, in my opinion, and then, yeah. That man, Aaron Cashin, steps up and, and brings home the three points. Can't ask for more than that, can you? No, you definitely can't. You definitely can't. I've also got a man who was with me in the away end at Oxford last night. We've got Vic Singh. How are you, Vic? All recovered? I think I've just about got my voice back. How about yourself? <laughs> <laughs> my leg's in a bit of pain, but we'll get onto that later on. Um, it's all the best bit about late goals. You, you end up getting thrown down the stairs. It's brilliant. It's, uh, it's all part of the experience. <laughs> all part of the experience. Uh, and, and last but certainly not least, we've got Gabby Laron. How are you, Gabby? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Buoyed by the win last night. Um, and I mean, we've said we're going to go through it in, in chronological order, but we've got to talk about the feeling at the end first. I know we're jumping a little bit ahead. Jamie, that goal goes in to make it 2-2. The scenes in the stands, unbelievable. Limbs everywhere. People going everywhere. And we think, can we do it? Can we take it that one step further? And we do. Erin Cashin sweeps in from close range. How did you feel seeing that hit the back of the net? It was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, I was praying for everyone's shins in that away end. I was thinking about all of the, the carnage in the away end after that one went in. But, I mean, what a delivery from Hurahan. And, yes, I have been critical on this podcast and I've been critical on Twitter. But his delivery in the second half last night was was just second to none. It was absolutely fantastic. And whether it was Erin Cashin or Curtis Nelson or whoever was on the end of it, I think even... I probably could have uh, steered that in past the the goalkeeper. It was that good a ball, but yeah, I mean, look, we look at these opportunity, we look at these chances, we look at these opportunities, um, and and we look at them and we think, 
this is where champions are, are kind of made. This is this is what champions are made of. So, so far, the recipe looks looks really good. And, and hopefully we can continue to kind of kick on. And we're all looking forward now to that Peterborough game. Can we get nine out of nine? That would be absolutely amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be somewhat special. I think it's it's eight wins in nine at the minute, isn't it? It'd be nine wins in ten if we can uh, if we can beat Peterborough, which will be a yeah a real special moment if we can. Um, and and Vic, I mean, we let's go right back to the start. We talked about moments champions are made of. The first three minutes definitely weren't moments champions were made of. Um, Joe Wildsmith. Don't really know what he was doing. I'm going to be honest. Comes running out, boots a player in the shin for no reason. Um, and it, it was just one of those moments where you sat in the stand and you're thinking, it's all going to go wrong. Oh, it felt like it, didn't it? Because uh, one, one of my pet peeve with Joe Wildsmith, he doesn't stay on his line enough. And I think, to be honest, I think Nelson had that covered regardless. I don't think Wildsmith needed to come off his line to make that silly foul in the end. But hey-ho, it, it, it's happened. I thought he could have done better with the free kick as well, if I'm honest. I've looked back at it a couple of times now. I think he could have stopped that, but never mind. No, I mean, Brannigan's uh, free kick was pretty good, to be fair. So, yeah, um, it was just it was just one of those things. I thought when we went 2-0 down, we all thought, oh, here we go again. This is going to be Derby <laughs> capitulating. But it just shows how resilient uh, we are as a side and how much grit and determination we have to get back into it. So, uh, fair play to the lads. Well, exactly it. And Gabby, one last bit on, on Oxford's, uh, what, 12 minutes in the game before we completely took over. I mean, that second goal, silly foul from from Wilson. Uh, I thought he didn't touch him. I've watched the replay. He does, um, which is disappointing. Could Wildsmith have done a little bit better? At, uh, you know, he was stood on that side. He was very far across. Um, could, could he have saved that, you reckon? I think maybe, but where he had been in the game, obviously he's had a difficult opening 10 minutes. He might have been a bit, like, stressed and wanting to redeem himself, but I think he could have done better, but I think it was ultimately just a good free kick and, yeah, put them 2-0 ahead. <laughs> it did. We've got Jim Johnson who says Joe Wildsmith was struggling. He was full of birthday cake, uh, which is a very good analysis, Jim. I like that. I, I think you're probably right. Um, but thankfully, he ran it off after about the 15th minute and he was uh, he was good for the rest of the game. But right, Jamie, this is where it starts to get good because... Derby were all over Oxford, corner after corner, chance after chance. Collins had one at the near post uh, from Fozzie's ball in, uh, well saved by the goalkeeper. And then we get a goal back, Conor Hurahan's corner, flicked on by Collins at the near post. And there was Craig Forsyth at the far post. I mean, how did that make you feel seeing Fozzie get that goal seconds before half time? Could it have changed the game? Yeah, I was just like, hold on, hold on just a minute. Because normally in those situations, when it's been Derby previously, that's gone about a million miles over the bar. And then, it, yeah, that's the kind of the the last action of the first half and all of the home fans are, are kind of cheering their team off the pitch. But you just looked at it and you thought, OK, if Warren can, can rally this lot and we can come out and dominate like we have done at the, I suppose, the second half of the first half, I think that's where we really kind of dominated. Um we've got every chance of, of, of getting, you know, getting back into this game. At that point, like I said previously, for me, I was looking at it thinking, right, if we can get a draw, I'm happy. Let's move on and, and you know, keep that unbeaten run going. 
Um, but yeah, I'm just so happy when Craig Forsyth scores. I don't know. Like, I think I'd rather him score than any other player because he just looks so happy about it. I mean, it's it's at 2-1, so uh, he, he wasn't able to give it kind of full beans in the celebration. But um, yeah, his best uh, scoring season in in England, which is uh, which is pretty impressive at his his tender age. And yeah, maybe he's got a couple more in the locker. Well, drifting at that far post, you can never write him off, can you? He's uh, he's always dangerous. And Vic, I mean, there were comparisons there. And obviously, game's completely different. Let's not compare the occasions. But I remember that Leeds away game and Marriott scored just before halftime. Similar situation. We were 2-0 down. Well, technically. Um, ball goes to the, the attacker. We score the goal. And the scenes in the away end are like we've just gone 1-0 up. You know, the, the way people celebrated when Fozzie scored was like we were winning. You take that into that Oxford game, he scores that goal, similar change of momentum. We come out after half time, we're a different team. Are there comparisons between, you know, the character, the fight, and the grit shown in that Leeds game as there were in the Oxford game last night? Definitely. I think the timing of the goal was really, really key in, in how one, the the halftime team talk would have gone, but I think it knocked the stuffing out of Oxford as well. I think had they stayed 2-0 up, and obviously they made that substitution at halftime, I think they brought James Henry on, who's quite a defensive-minded player, they would have shut up shop and that would have been it. I think that's what they tried to do even when it was at 2-1, when we come out in the second half. Um, but the timing of the goal was key. And like Paul Warner said in his interviews, uh, we need to play like champions. That Yesterday's performance was a very champion-esque performance. If we're going to try and get promoted out of this league as the uh, the champions or at least top two, that's the sort of performance you need to put in. It's very reminiscent of the Leeds game because we just kept fighting, we kept battling, we kept going. Um, we literally penned them in their half and we didn't let them breathe, which I think we gave them too much respect in the first 20 minutes of the first half. So it was nice to see us just really push on and play our game and just literally play with a bit of freedom that we haven't probably played in prior to the good run that we've been on. So uh, long may that good form and the good run continue. You had to get it in. He's got it in. You had to get it in. We're, we're not mate, even winning at this point yet, Big. Mate, <laughs> it's everywhere. I swear everyone is saying long may it continue. I'm copywriting it soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're inspiring everyone. And, and one of the points you made there, Vic, about, you know, they made a defensive substitution at half time. Gabby. Do you think if that goal doesn't go in, it's a completely different game? Because, as I said, it was all of a sudden, it was 2-1. Momentum had been on our side playing-wise, but from a scoring perspective, it wasn't. They go and make that, I guess, negative substitution. Did that play into our hands? I think definitely. It changes the game massively. Like you said, it kind of gave me the belief from that Leeds game. It, it was kind of like, oh, we've got one back. We could go on and do something really special here. That's what I felt when I saw that Fozzie had scored. So definitely it changes the game massively because it gives us more momentum and then it also gives the fans belief and gets them even more behind the team. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And Jamie, going into the second half, I mean, the the, the mom, we keep saying momentum. It's because I've got that stupid chart in front of me, uh, the momentum chart, um, which looking at it, I mean, I know stats don't mean everything. I know these stats can be easily misled, but it said that um, apart from the first seven minutes of the game, we were on top of Oxford for the next 83 minutes, which is ridiculous when you consider we were away from home. And for the majority of that, we were, what, 2-0 or 2-1 down. 
We come out in the second half, Mendes Lang causing chaos, Kane Wilson causing chaos. We just all of a sudden looked like a team full of belief. We were losing, but we were full of belief. But the thing that changed it were Paul Warren's subs. Now, Jamie, in the past on this podcast, we've been a little bit critical about some of the subs, sometimes saying they're a little bit negative. He brought on John Jules for Collins. He brought on Liam Thompson. He brought on Louis Sibley. He brought on Sonny Bradley and he brought on Joe Ward. And all five of those players played a part at some point in the build-up or directly contributing to the goals. I mean, how right did Paul Warren get it yesterday? Yeah, he got it. He got it right. And he's got it right throughout this run. And as we've said before, you know, we sat here two months ago. I think I'm going to be saying this. I'm going to be saying six months ago, we said. Two years ago, we said. Three years ago, we said. Um, we said it a couple of months ago that he wasn't getting the subs right. He wasn't getting the tactics right. But everything on this run has been absolutely perfect. I mean, taking Collins off on 60 minutes, he wasn't really in the game. He looked a bit jaded. You bring on John Jules and almost immediately he's involved. He's almost scored. He had that lovely kind of touch and, and spin and, and, and work their keeper. And everyone that came on, they were fighting as, as much as those that were already on the pitch. Um, I think the, I mean, the the sub to bring on Thompson, you, you look at Thompson and think, right, he's probably not a goal scorer. He goes up and scores a header, which is just absolutely balmy. That that probably wouldn't be in the a dream that you'd ever kind of think up. Um, but I just think we needed that energy. And I think Paul Warren is now you know, we're not qualified as fans. We're, we're definitely not qualified to to look at something and go, this is what he should be doing. But a lot of the things he's doing is are aligned with what we're looking at in terms of, of fans. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't kind of knock him at all in terms of how we set us up tactically. I think I'd like us to get into the game a little bit quicker. My only flaw is, I suppose he's, the flaw for, for Warren is that it feels like it takes us 10, 15, 20 minutes to kind of get going in games. And sometimes that I, I believe that that will come back to bite us at, at some point in this season. But I can't, yeah, I can't criticise Paul Warren. He's, he's been absolutely fantastic. He, he's been on the money. Well, as Adam said, we just need to give teams a head start now because, you know, we're that good. Um, we needed to give them two goals. Otherwise, we might have scored 12. Um, just having a look at some of the comments before we get on to, to our goals. Uh, we've got Kieran Lee talking about we need a, a creative midfielder and a younger striker in January and we're going up. I like your optimism. Uh, DCSE Barmy Army, very similar, saying, do we finish second or first? Uh, I like that as well. And comments talking about John Jules as well. I mean, John Jules, he made a massive difference off the bench. But the man that made, I guess, the most direct difference, Vic, was uh, Liam Thompson. Now, we, we spoke to Liam afterwards, didn't we? And we spoke to Kane Wilson as well, talking about um, Thompson's header. And Kane Wilson said, you know, he, he wins a lot of headers and scores a lot of headers in training. So he wasn't actually that surprised to see the little five foot five midfielder bury a header into the bottom corner uh, to score his first goal for Derby in the league. I mean, you look at that goal, you've got Aaron Cashin, a centre-back, running down the wing, whipping a ball in onto the head of Liam Thompson. It's a goal straight out of Moore Farm. Um, I mean, how was that? I mean, the ball from Cashin was fantastic. I mean, I've never seen someone, a centre-back, deliver an exquisite ball like that. And then, obviously, Thompson got his head onto it. And really happy for him because I think he's deserved that goal. Um, it just epitomises the sort of performances he was putting in before he got injured. We were saying that after, I think I said it after, I think we need a bit of energy in midfield and I think Thompson brings that as soon as he comes on. 
Um, Oxford didn't know how to deal with him. And I think Paul said it in his interview as well, that the reason why Thompson was ahead of Fauna was because he offers that little bit extra. It was just nice to see the young lads that are, have kept their sort of momentum going forward, even though they've been injured or they've had sort of various issues. And uh, Thomas just one of those lovable players, and he that you just you did look at him and you think you know he's going to give you one hundred and ten percent, he's going to give you everything. But he's making a huge difference in this side, and hopefully he can sort of become a mainstay in that midfield three that we're playing or midfield two, depending on who the opposition is. But I was really pleased for him, and I'm glad he got his goal. And um, yeah, it's obviously their training is obviously working at Moor Farm if they're practicing that. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just good. So I'm just delighted for him. I'm really delighted for him. Exactly. And I mean, you look at you look at Aaron Cashin and I thought he just spooned it out for a goal kick, to be honest with you. So when when Thompson put it in the bottom corner, I was so surprised. I didn't notice about 20 people jump on my back. Um, I don't know how it was where you were, Vic. I, I basically was killed uh, when that second I got goal lost. I, I was like, I was like from this <laughs> road to like the next row, like four or five rows down. I thought, I don't look good. <laughs> Andemonium. Yeah. It was pandemonium. It was pandemonium. It was absolutely brilliant. And Gabby, I mean, we've talked about it already. You know, the young lads that have come into the team and the fight and the passion and the desire. I mean, you could see what it meant to every single player at the end. But for two academy lads to combine must feel incredible, not just for for them, but actually for the academy staff that brought them through. Yeah, absolutely. I was so happy when I saw that it was Liam Thompson that scored. I was genuinely like... He deserves that goal so much because of the injury. He's had a really unfortunate injury that's put him out for most of the season. And I think all three goal scorers, like, just are the definition of what Derby is about. So I was so happy for all three of them. You know, you've got Craig Forsyth, who's been at the club 10 years, um, Tomo and Cashin, who have come up through the academy. They, they were so well deserving. I mean, everyone is, but for them, you know how much they love Derby. So for them to score and to be able to create that kind of magic for the Derby fans, I was so happy for them. Yeah, yeah, I think everyone was. Um, I had no idea it was Tomo that had scored until about five minutes later when someone told me. Um, and I, I was in disbelief uh, <laughs> when I found out it was him. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was Sibley for a minute. It was like, surely not. Um, I'm glad it wasn't Sibley in that position because I'm not sure he would have buried that header. Um, but but Jamie, I mean, going on to the winner now. I mean, Derby were banging at the door. They were all over them. They were creating chances. Uh, Wilson was unlucky with one that bounced up. He just couldn't get over it. Um, we had a couple more chances as well. I remember a couple of headers where Nelson was inches away from sort of getting a good connection on it. And then we win a free kick on the left-hand side. Connor Hurahan whips it in. I remember seeing him and Ward and thinking, I hope Ward puts this in. And Hurahan took it and I was a bit like, oh. And then he put in possibly the best ball I've ever seen put into the penalty area. And Aaron Cashin sweeps home. Um, we've mentioned it already, but chaos in the away end. I know a lot of people have been saying, you know, Aaron Cashin might be on his way out. Potentially he might be. But if he is on his way out, my God, what a way to sign out. Yeah, well, it'll be his hundredth appearance, won't it, on uh, on Monday against Peterborough? So a hundred not out, and and some some player. Um, I think he had a dip at the start of the season, potentially uh, come off the back of that that kind of rumor that came about with Brighton. Whether that comes to fruition in January, we we won't know. But he's just a you know he gives it he gives his all for the shirt. He's he's all you know hell and leather and. 
just really wants to put in a performance every single every single game. And again, it was one of them situations. Obviously, with the with Tomo scoring, I think the the ball was that good. It probably could have been anyone on the end of it. And similar to Hurahan's free kick, like I said earlier, could have been anyone on the end of it. But I'm so glad it was cashing. A little bit worried that it was offside, just waiting for that flag to potentially go up. Obviously, there's a a bit of a delay on on kind of Rams TV, and you never really know. So I didn't kind of fully celebrate, but then when I saw the the players go mad, it was it was kind of yeah full celebration in my front room as it was in the away end there at, at Oxford. And you know, I think when Tomo scored, there was a belief that we could win it. You know, the first thing he did, rather than kind of celebrate getting the equaliser. He kicks the ball out the hands of an Oxford player, runs back to the centre circle, and we knew it was on. Um, and that that kind of belief and that and that kind of effort level is is just amazing to see because really you look at it over the years and and Derby don't seem to kind of play that way. Derby haven't really done that. I mean, you look back at the Belick bicycle kick. That's the last time I felt like we were really fighting till the end. Um, but we did it. We did it yesterday and. Hopefully, we can continue to do it and, and get back to the promised land of the championship. Well, that's it. And you talk about the mentality there. I mean, the the one that sticks in my mind more than any, it's such a rogue game. I think we drew 2-2 with Leeds a few years ago. You, you might remember this one, Vic. We drew 2-2 and Casey Palmer scored really late on. And he ran off and went celebrating in the corner rather than do what Thompson did, run, get the ball, get the ball back in the middle. He ran off celebrating. I think that might be one of the differences between this Derby team and the Derby teams that have fallen at the final hurdle so many times in the past is there is that mentality. There is that belief. And I don't know about you, Vic, but the second we got that equaliser, I knew for sure we were going to win. I mean, I, I'd, I'd go as far as saying even when Fozzie got that goal just before half-time, I think that you would have had that belief that our tails would have been up and we'd have just come out all guns blazing. Um, but yeah, it's like you said, the mentality is really strong. We've got really good senior pros at the club, Yohora Han, Jimendez Langs, who have had the promotions, they know what it takes to do it. But we've got to give a bit of credit to Paul Warren as well. Um, I think he's an amazing man. If, if he's not a good tactical coach, he's definitely an amazing man-management uh, sort of guy and we've got to give him full credit for that because he would have instilled the belief into these players if you look at the recent interviews he's been talking like we're going we're going for that champion spot we're going for that first place and to instill that into the team shows in the performances we're putting in especially last night um, you look back at games like this and you think to yourself that could be a huge three points uh, and it comes back to the grit determination the resilience that we're showing so the mentality is strong now. Um, hopefully, we can keep pursuing that and keep doing it the whole for the rest of the season. Um, but I mean, we're in a good place at the minute, so I think we've just got to enjoy it while we can. And hopefully, we can uh, come May, we can celebrate being champions or at least. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Top two. Wow, fight and talk there, Vic. I like it. I am a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. But I mean, talking about, um, the, I guess, the mentality again, Gabby, you look at the, the relationship between the manager, the players, the staff and the fans. And there were times earlier in the season, you look at Shrewsbury, especially where I think it was a little bit fractured. Um, I remember I was having a look at the games I've been to. I hadn't seen us win a game in about a month. And when you think back, it was it was awful. I remember us talking about it. You know, we were thinking, how can we even win a game? And here we are, we've won eight in nine. And we're looking good for suddenly pushing for top two. And you see that relationship. I think it started at Port Vale away. Um, the players coming over at the end, starting the bounce, love it or hate it. It's, it's a nice thing to do at the end of the game, regardless. And then they did it again at Wigan. But last night, it was it was something special. It was really special. And you could see, you know, after the third goal, I remember Hurrahan, he was the first one back in our half. And he came running over to the away fans, like fist pumping, like that man's won promotion to the Premier League. He, you know, he's played in the Prem for years. And there he is in League One, celebrating like he's won the World Cup after we've scored a late goal. I mean, that connection between the players themselves, the fans and the staff is going to be huge for us in the running, isn't it? Absolutely. I, I was sat at home and I was wishing that I could have been there because it's moments like that that like remind you why you love football and why you support Derby. And I just, it was so lovely to see all the videos afterwards on Twitter and like seeing the the fact that the players were coming over to the fans and it was just, it was all together like a massive celebration. And I just think it's similar to kind of the relationship we saw in the 2018 to 2019 season, I would say, where it was just such a good relationship between everybody at the club. And I think we were missing it at the beginning of the season. And now we're on this good run and people are enjoying the football that we're playing as well. So I think it's very important that we've got such a good relationship. Yeah, yeah, let's hope we can maintain it. Um, just having a look at some of the, the comments that we've got now. Uh, Jim Johnson talking about how hungry the team is. Uh, DCFC Barmy Army saying Derby will be champions. Seeing the 71, 72 and 75, 76 Derby teams win the league title. And it's similar, which I love to read because uh, I was definitely not around back then. So uh, good to have someone, <laughs> someone who knows about that sort of thing. Um, and Jamie, I mean, let, let's move on a little bit more to, I guess, the goal scorers. Um, we do have to talk about it. We can't just look at the positives. Uh, we played two games, obviously, against Wick and Wick, Wick, I can't even speak, against Wigan as well. Um, and all the goal scorers, Barley and Thompson, have been defenders. Um, I thought Collins looked a little bit jaded. I think he played well against Wigan. I think he looked jaded last night, missed a couple of chances. How massive is it for Derby that we get a goal scorer through the door in January? And how much will it play a part in us going for top two? Oh, it's huge. We have to get January right. If we get January right, we, we're there. I, I genuinely think we will be. Um, in my eyes, I think we need a striker. I think we need another winger. Um, and then I think we also need a central midfield player as well, depending, obviously, what well, I'm not thinking about cash and going. So let's not even think about that at the moment. Um, but we might need another centre-back. Um, so, yeah, I think the issue with 
with Collins is I, I think he flits in and out of games. I, I think he's a goal scorer and, and I, I back Collins to take opportunities that he gets. I know that he hasn't in kind of recent weeks, but you know, um, we know that when he's in the box nine, well, I think nine times out of 10, he, he's going to work a goalkeeper and he's going to score a goal. Jake, you don't, dis- you, you disagree, but we'll, um, we'll disagree on that one. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, he's, he's at the age now where can he, can he go, you know, three games in a week? Can he do two games in a week? I don't think he can. My feeling is let's get John Jules from the off against Peterborough. Let's see what he's made of. Let's see if we, I mean, I imagine that I imagine we've already made a decision on whether he stays, whether he goes, but in my eyes, it's a look, put yourself in the shop window. Do you want to stay here? Do you want to be part of, of what we've, we've got going on? I guess my, my feeling is that he'd take that opportunity because what I've seen so far in his cameos has been fantastic but still think we need another we need another striker. Um, don't know who that is, but I think we need someone. Yeah, I think I agree. And I'll tell you what, you're talking about Collins not taking the chances. And yes, I, I do disagree. I think he, he tends to need more chances than he should. But my biggest issue with Derby going forwards and attacking balls in the box, and which is why I think so many defenders are scoring, is our movement in the box. And, and Collins, he had a couple of chances last night where he could have attacked the near post or made the run off the defender. And he's either miles offside or he makes the run too late and he's just a yard off. And I think it's just age catching up with him. I think he's just not got that burst of pace off the line that he once had. I mean, I'm not saying he was ever quick, but he's quick over one or two yards to get in front of defenders. And that's why, like like Kieran said in the comments earlier, you know, looking at if we can get a younger striker in um, to help support John Jules that's quick off the line and can meet these balls into the box. I mean, look at some of the crosses Hurrihan and Mendes Lang put in yesterday. Like some glorious balls into the box that were just begging to be attacked and there was just nobody there. So if we can get someone to meet those balls and, and, and score those goals, I think we'll be right up there. I really, really do. Um, and, and Vic, I mean, on that, we were talking last night, weren't we, on the way back to the car about optimism. Um, and there's been a, a lot of games where you sort of your optimism's built. I mean, we are on a ridiculously good run. We're right near the top of the league. If we win our game in hand, we're a point off top. But at the same time, I don't think until last night I had any real belief that we could really assault that top two. I thought we'd be we'd be up there, we'd be in a good position. The league's not great, but I didn't think we'd be right up at the top. But last night, the fight that we showed and the quality that we showed on the pitch changed my mind. Did it change yours? It did, but I'm still a bit more reserved. I think the Peterborough game on Monday, I think if we win there, then I genuinely think top two is ours and I don't think anybody will stop us. I think we're just going to go on that sort of momentum. We're going to be on that sort of run and we'll be like a train. Nothing will be able to halt us in our tracks there. Um, it's it's the manner of the way we won that game yesterday. It was similar to Port Vale away last season. But if we do remember, we te- we fell off after that. And I don't want us to repeat that. I think we've got enough experience. We've got that year's League One experience behind us now. We've got the right players in. We could do with a couple more additions. If, like J- Jamie's already said, if we can get January right, there's nothing that will stop us. Um, but I think the Peterborough game on um, on Monday, if we get three points out of that, um, it literally puts us right up there. And then literally, it's only it'll be between us, Bolton, Peterborough for that. And, and even top spots um, available at the minute. So Port, Portsmouth are sort of they're having a bit of a rocky patch at the minute. So if we can capitalise on all of that, there's nothing that can stop us. So I think the Peterborough game is huge. But yesterday was by no means... I, I loved the fact that we won yesterday as well. It just shows us how we're progressing as a team. And I think we're doing it at the right time as well. 
See, I understand the Port Vale comparison regarding the timings of the goals, but I think it's really different because in that Port Vale game, we were rubbish. Like, we were awful for 90 minutes, and then we popped up right at the end and scored two goals. Whereas yesterday, we were away at a team that were, I think, unbeaten at home. You know, 12 games unbeaten at home or something along those lines, I remember hearing. Um, and, and you know, they went 2-0 up very early on, and we battered them. We absolutely battered them. They barely touched the ball. They had about one attack in the second half. Like, we played them off the park completely. And that's what sort of changes it for me, is that that Port Vale game, incredible. You know, obviously, the scenes at the end to pull it back. But I think that was so special because we were so bad and we managed to turn it around and, and you know, score two goals at the end. Whereas yesterday, we were 2-0 down and we just played them off the park. There was no sort of late flurry or anything like that. We just completely outplayed Oxford and made them look like a team that were nowhere near top six. So considering we were level on points before yesterday, I thought we were incredible. Um, Gabby, do you agree? Yeah, definitely. I think yesterday we we were a team who looked like we could be top two. And I think because we won yesterday, it makes Peterborough important. I think if we didn't win yesterday, I think the Peterborough game would be way less important but if we win both of these it kind of shows the rest of the league as well what we're about and like that we're not messing about that we are pushing to get the automatic promotion not just settling for the playoff positions yeah it'd be uh it'd be nice to have that wouldn't it i mean jamie obviously you're you're a lot older than i am um so you'll remember more of the uh you know the glory days of uh of derby you know you remember mcfarland and and hector and <laughs> no he's for anyone listening on audio he's only in his uh late 40s um so yeah jamie i mean you've seen derby teams pushing towards the top i'm you know i'm only 25 right i've only ever seen derby be good for about two seasons ever so to see derby sort of pushing towards the the top of the table it's not just exciting in a way that you know we could be up there it's exciting in a way that we could actually win something here yeah well i've never seen us win a title i'm not i'm not that old jake um before we, <laughs> we go there but yeah, I think, look, I think the belief is there. I don't think it's going to be as, as easy as as we think. I think there are, I look at it and think that Pompey and, and Bolton are probably the nearest competition. You could also probably have Peterborough in that conversation as well. Um, my feeling on yesterday is that I think if they had Liam Manning, so I did obviously the the the, uh, the preview for the for the show um, and had a good conversation with, with Jack um, from Team Manor Podcast. And he was kind of saying the differences between Liam Manning and, and Des Buckingham. And, and Des Buckingham's come in as this kind of fan favourite and, uh, you know, one of their own, so to speak. And I think he got it massively wrong yesterday. Um, and I think he allowed us to dominate that game. So, yes, we did dominate the game. We played really well. But I think we they played massively into our hands. And I think there's going to be more challenges to come. And I think, actually, Monday's going to be a, a big challenge for us. Um but why not? Why can't we dream? You know, I've always I've always wanted a situation to be that, you know, rather than marching to the ground for the future of our club and um, having tough times, why can't we have those marches? But as League One champions and have an open top bus parade and, you know, 
free champagne for everyone and everything like that. So that why can't we dream? <laughs> well, I don't know. You know. <laughs> well, I heard I heard we're blowing all the Rams talk budget on on champagne if we get promoted. So uh, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see how that one goes down. You might get one bottle from Aldi with that um, <laughs> if you're lucky. If you're really really lucky. Um, and and Vic, there's an interesting conversation going on in the comments. I'm just sort of watching as as we talk, uh, talking about striking options. Now, um, one of the names is Corey Blackett Taylor. He's not really a striker. He's more of a wide man. Uh, Johnson Clark Harris is a name that always comes up because he scores goals in League One and he has scored goals in League One. Now, I personally, I don't think Johnson Clark Harris would be the answer for us. I don't think he works hard enough. Um, I think he's, you know, he's he's quite lazy he will score goals don't get me wrong but I think when you look at Derby as a team overall we need someone who can score goals but we need someone who can actually put a shift in as well I think Johnson Clark Harris is at an age where he's he's you know he's 30 now he's sort of I know I'm not saying 30s over the hill sorry Jamie but you know it's um he's getting towards the the latter stages of his career do we go for someone like Clark Harris or do we go for someone younger I think, just judging by the way we play, I think we need someone younger. I think we need, we we need someone that can do what, because if you look at what Johnson Clark Harris does, it's pretty similar to what Collins does, except Johnson Clark Harris is a bit more physical and he's probably more of a sharpshooter. We need someone that can maybe play on the on the shoulder of the last defender. That like, we know John Jules can do it, but we need someone else with a bit more pace. Considering the way we play with the high press, pace is what we'll need. So I think we'll need someone. In that 26, 27-year-old bracket, if we can find one, maybe in the lower leagues, who's quite prolific at goal scoring. I think that's all we need, to be honest. I don't think... I know I might, I might have uh, banged the drum about JCH, uh, whatever his initials are, coming to Derby, only because it's a cheaper option. But I think it'd be one of them second or third options if we can't get our first main target. I think we need to get a, a young, prolific striker who's sort of in that peak age to really push us on and secure that top two play and top six if we end up in the top six but we're going for top two so we'll stick with that <laughs> prime age Vic that's what it is prime age the poor worn prime age that's exactly what you need um and and Gabby I guess just to finish off the chat on on Oxford um the player that sort of stood out the most I think for for me of the subs we've talked about Thompson already do you think that Derby can fit Thompson, Bird, and Hurahan all in the same team. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know if right now that would be the best option. I think Thompson was so good because he came on and brought a new energy to the team. But I'm not sure if him starting every week is the best option for us right now when it's working so well with Max Bird and Connor Hurahan in that midfield. Um, so yeah. I know Jamie disagrees. Go on, Jamie. Well, part of me thinks if, if it's not broken, don't fix it. However, I just think we just need a bit more energy in there. And I've said previously that first 20, it just doesn't feel like we get a grip on the game. Hurahan sits so deep. And, and don't get me wrong, when we win, I look at Conor Hurahan and I think, what a player. And, you know, he just goes out there and strolls about the park and, and kind of, you know, has that deep line playmaker role. But I think some teams just kind of understand that they can win the midfield battle. And I think Oxford did that for the first 20 odd minutes yesterday. I know obviously your uh, your little stat there doesn't agree um, up to the 20th minute, but um, that's my personal opinion. Um, 
so I feel Tomo's energy is is needed. But then equally, I do think we just maybe need a bit of a, not an older head, but someone that's got a bit of League One experience or Football League experience that's a bit ugly. I think sometimes we're just a bit too nice and proper in there. We just need someone that's going to do the hard yards, going to do some of the ugly stuff that can give a ball to Max Bird and play it wide and, and just keep us solid. Um, that's the kind of player that, that I would like in there alongside you know, your, your Hurahans and your birds. But we have got options and, and you know, Liam Thompson. I might have called him Louis Thompson earlier in the um, the episode, which, of course, that is not correct. And I'm just getting Sibley and Thompson um, mistaken there. But, yeah, I think he's a fantastic option. And he, I just love watching him play football. He's just he's just fantastic, isn't he? You know, chasing down the goalkeeper in like the 88th minute and he ha- he, he moves quickly. He moves quickly. He's got little legs, but he, he can certainly get about the pitch. He certainly can. He certainly can. I mean, it's the sort of player you need, isn't it? And and we've talked about it a lot during this episode. We've got players that are willing to fight, um, and he's certainly a fighter. So, yeah, definitely uh, the sort of player you want. And and Jamie, I'm going to come to you again because we're going to do a quick score prediction round for for Peterborough and Fleetwood because we've got two games before our next episode. Um, obviously Peterborough being a, a New Year's Day uh, special fixture, and then we've got Fleetwood next Saturday. Um, Peterborough, I mean, as I've said, same points, same goal difference. Uh, previews out now, um, if you want to have a listen. They're so good going forwards. They seem to have improved their defence a little bit as well. They're missing their first choice keeper through injury. Uh, one of the things the guy in the preview did say was they really struggle when pressed. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. And then Fleetwood, as Vic was saying beforehand, just sacked their manager. Is that two managers they've gone through now um, already mm-hmm. at this part of the season? Yeah, which is uh, ridiculous when you think about it. They're in turmoil. Uh, we've beaten them already uh, this season. I mean, Jamie, what are your score predictions and goal scorers? So I thought we'd get seven points from these three games over the festive period. Um, so I'm going to go with a one-all draw against Peterborough, which I'd definitely take. Um, Where's this negativity come from? It's not negativity. It's just <laughs> I'm, I've made a prediction, and I'm going to stick to my prediction in my own head. Um, you know, we can't get too carried away. They are a good team, <laughs> and I also think they'll be looking for some revenge. You know, they'll look back at what happened to them at um, London Road and think, right, we're coming to Pride Park and we're going to put it on Derby. Um, so I think they'll they'll potentially get some revenge, but not not the revenge that they're, they're hopefully looking for as, as a win. Um, so one all in that game. And I'm going to say uh, that Kane Wilson, of course, is going to get uh, our goal. And then the Fleetwood game, I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory, that famous 2-1. And we'll go Mendes Lang and James Collins. I've got to guess James Collins now because <laughs> we've got that bet. So, and it will be an open play goal, just so you know, Jake. <laughs> yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, me and Jamie have a bet uh, to do with James Collins. Uh, I've bet that he will not score 10 open play goals and Jamie bets that he will. He's currently on five. Uh, so we'll see what that is. It's £100 of charity uh, for whoever loses, um, which will be a first for Jamie because he hates giving money away. Um, and Vic, <laughs> Vic, what are your predictions, mate? <laughs> Uh, well, I'm going to go for uh, the Derby County heart train is uh, well and truly in motion. So I'm going for a 2-1 win against Peterborough. I think in recent seasons, I think 2-1 is normally finished at Pride Park and it's always been to us. So I'm going to stick with that. Goal scorers will go with uh, we'll go with Sibley because uh, he always fancies a goal against Peterborough. And then we'll go with a Barkhausen winner 
I think we'll do that. And then Fleetwood, I think we'll carry on the, the good momentum and I think we'll win their 3-1 as well. Comfortable victory over there. They'll be in turmoil because they've got a new... Well, they'll be looking to get a new manager. So we'll go with a 3-1 win. Let's uh, go for a Collins hat-trick. Let's see if we can make this bet interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Collins hat-trick. Yeah, I was going to say, he's not had a hat-trick for Derby against adults yet. So, we'll uh, yeah, we'll see if that comes true. Uh, Gabby, what about three penalties. <laughs> Probably. Um, I'm going to be optimistic as well. I'm going to say 2-1 against Peterborough. And who's going to score? I don't know. I'm just going to say anybody because I feel like just anybody scoring is just... You've had all this time in this think. season. Well, no, I know. But I'm just... <laughs> right. I'm going to say Kane Wilson and Tyree Strongjaws is going to score mm. the winner. And then away at Fleetwood, I'm going to say 3-0. Um, and I'm going to say it's going to be Collins... Barkhazen and let's go Kane Wilson again. I don't know. <laughs> Kane and family, if you're listening, um, well, I, I think he's going to score a brace against Peterborough. No, I, genuinely, though, I, I think we'll beat Peterborough 2 1. Um, I've got to be consistent with the preview, haven't I? Um, I do think Kane Wilson will score. I think he's been unlucky. He gets in the right positions um, and I think he'll put another one away. I think it'll be good for him to score with his feet. Um, sounds weird, isn't it? But it's, it's different when you score with your feet to your head. Um, gives you confidence in a different way, which is quite hard to explain. Um, but I think Kane Wilson will get a goal. I think Mendes Lang will get a goal as well. Um, and I think Fleetwood, I think, will win 2-0. Um, again, they're all over the place at the minute, struggling down near the bottom. Um, and, and we're flying. I think Joe Ward's going to score. Um, I think he'll come into the team because, unfortunately, Niambi will be gone. Um, so we've we've got to deal with that. And I think Sonny Bradley is going to score a header off the bench. I know we've not really mentioned him. I thought he did really well off the bench. Um so, yeah, Adam will be very upset that I've said that. But, no, I, I do think he played really well off the bench. And just looking at the comments, we've got a few on there as well. Um, we've got Jim Johnson who's put, we're going to beat Posh 3-1 and Cods 3-0. Um, we've got Ben Chambers who says 3-1 Derby against Peterborough. Uh, we've got DCSC Barmy Army who says Derby going to win 2-0 against Posh and then 3-1 against Fleetwood. And as Jim and Vic have both said, long may it continue. So... Right. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Uh, as I say, this is a special. We weren't going to do this, uh, but after last night was uh, was so good. We just couldn't not talk about it. Uh, we do hope you've enjoyed. If you have enjoyed, please, you know, if you're on YouTube, please subscribe. Really appreciate it. Um, and if you're listening on Apple Pods or anything like that, then, yeah, please do like and, and all that stuff. Give us a nice rating if you did enjoy. Um, and yeah. Tell your friends. I mean, the players listen to this for some reason. Some of them do, which I still tell your can't believe. Tell your friends Rams are going up. <laughs> tell them that. Is, that. is that what you're saying on your... Jamie's holding up a, a post-it note, which is written so badly, I genuinely can't read it through the camera. There we go. He's written Rams are going up. Um, so, yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you've had a great Christmas. Have an unbelievable new year. And we'll see you in the next one. Goodbye from me. Happy New Year and goodbye from me. Happy New Year, Rams fans, and goodbye from me. Happy New Year and goodbye from me. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.